Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling, 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 every Forty. We left off at forty. So, so <laughs> mine over forty. Forty, or did we leave forty left? Um, we were up, kind of approaching. I think the f- actual number that I left off at was thirty-nine, uh, because we were just sort of like talking okay. in like groups of three, more or less, at that point. Um, so from for me, like the last ten have gone: Nurkic, Lou, Capella, Covington, Drummond, Adams, Levine, Booker. Buddy Miles, and then Trey and Mitchell are forty and thirty-nine, and I definitely regret not putting Trey ahead of Donovan Mitchell because the Jazz are not very good with uh, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell right now. Well, I don't think that's Donovan Mitchell's fault. I think it's mostly Mike Conley's fault. How does that feel watching that as a Grizzlies fan? I mean, it definitely doesn't feel good. I want to see Mike succeed, but. I totally get it. I mean, he's just been in Memphis for so long and playing with the same group of guys, Mark especially, for so long. Well, this is more than just him trying to adjust and it not going well. This is like, what the fuck is going on with you type of shit. Yeah. I mean, between the the perfect sphere dread bun that he made for his team photo and then starting the year like three for 36 from the field or some fucking shit like that. Yeah. It's definitely been sour for Mike and, and the Jazz, like which uh, the makes that trade that happened mid-recording of... yesterday make all the more sense with uh, you know getting a little bit point more Point guard offense. version of Larry and <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly <laughs> underwhelming. Um, who do you have for 40? Well, I thought I was at 38 or 39 now. Oh, yeah, 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 just 39. Okay, so I had Tobias Harris. Oh, okay, that's cool. Because I had Tobias at thirty-eight, so that works out perfectly. So we're—I would say that's had, actually like a perfectly fair. Yeah, and I had Drummond at thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had Drummond higher. I was pretty dumb to put him all the way down at forty-six. Honestly, I don't know why. Drummond just... is a weird player. Oh, you're not yeah. gonna like who I have next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Um, before we go into who we have next, I did want to say that Tobias Harris is like definitively the most tradable NBA player of, of all time. Like, I, I would not be surprised uh, at all if the Sixers managed to trade him. I mean, sure, he has a max contract, but, like, he was traded I mean, four times he before he was 26. Maybe, but you can't say he's the most tradable player making $38 million. No yeah. player with that contract is that tradable. LeBron James <laughs> is not the most tradable player in the league. <laughs> right, right. No, yeah, I get it. That's I didn't mean exactly, like, Right now, in this context, I meant like historically. It's just funny because like his archetype of a player who is good enough on the small stuff and, you know, average to above average at at scoring and is generally pretty smart. You know, that borderline all-star that's nothing incredibly remarkable but is worth getting paid. It's like a zone of player that all the way up until he gets that max contract is so hyper-tradable that I don't know if uh, yeah. Philly is going to want to ride out that whole contract or not, even if it's through the year to develop a little bit more depth if these uh, these troubles continue. But I honestly don't foresee that happening even a little bit. 
It would be cool though. That's all I'm saying. So who who is I your? I think they should just trade Ben Simmons and Al Horford, but they probably can't um, trade Al Horford. That's gross. We'll we'll get to those no, when I, we get up I, to the I've list. I've said this before. I'm. I, th- I think I said this on the podcast earlier when we brought up Ben Simmons. Like, I think Ben Simmons is just a horrible fit in Philly. I think it's best for both sides that they part ways. Although I don't know where the perfect trade is there. My logic is probably the only trade that makes sense is like a few years from now, uh, Damian Lillard it gets traded mm. from Portland. But that's yeah. it. That's the only thing that I can think of logically. I mean, maybe there's there's a case for D'Angelo Russell, but I don't think D'Lo is good enough for that to be worth it or for the especially fit. in comparison to Ben Simmons. Jesus, oh my gosh, yeah, D'Lo is I mean, so ben much Simmons worse than is ben a lot Simmons. better, but. D'Lo fits a lot better, so that's a debate of talent versus fit. I don't know. I wouldn't make that trade unless, well, Golden State doesn't have much assets to give back. Maybe if they gave me D'Lo and their draft pick this year, but they're not going to do that. And Ben Simmons and Draymond Green sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you got just like the really, really emotional version of Ben Simmons and then just like the really, really calm version of Draymond Green. <laughs> Yeah, and, and two of those players other. on the same team does not work. But <laughs> at 37, uh, I had Kyle Lowry. Mm, you're right. I don't And I would definitely it. put him higher based off of how he's played this year and how he fucking destroyed Dallas. Yeah, man. Kyle Lowry is going to get into the Hall of Fame and every faithful casual is going to be like, what the hell? I thought this guy was a joke. But no, nah, he's a Hall of Fame point guard. I love Kyle Lowry. I got him like nine slots ahead of you um kyle lowry kind of like almost reminds me of tony parker i don't know if that makes sense like no i mean like like a perfectly vibey sense no thought put behind i'm like yeah i see what you're saying (laughs) like he he is a guy who makes a lot of sense but also isn't like a standout player he's definitely very valuable but like no one's like ever not too many people are like i'm a kyle lowry stan <laughs> like no one's right, a tony right. parker stan yeah unless you're from <laughs> but, san antonio <laughs> but they're winning players and they're really undervalued at times and i think yeah. tony parker might end up being one of the most underrated players of all time yeah that's probably fair because he's probably going to be more associated with popovich uh and duncan rather than like having his own legacy or perhaps I don't really think anybody oh, is making the case that Tony Parker elevated those guys, but I think that's <sighs> entirely possible. Yeah, I just saw who I have after Kyle Lowry, and I'm ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, at 37, I have Laurie Markkinen. We've already talked about how underwhelming he's been. Who's your 36? Damn, you put him higher than Levine? Yeah, I thought he would be the best player uh, okay. on the team. Yeah, okay, if you're basing off projections, then yeah. I don't think... Lowry will ever be better than Zach Levine, unfortunately. Uh, and that's sad because I don't think Zach Levine's going to be that great. But <laughs> uh, I just think Lowry is too limited by his lack of creating ability individually. He really needs to be set up to score. Zach Levine can score set up or on his own. And both of those guys are not too valuable outside of their scoring ability. So I would have to give that edge to Zach Levine. But the guy that I had after Kyle Lowry and is really stupid in hindsight is De'Aaron Fox. 
I uh, love Jamie yeah. Foxx, but he's not on Lowry's level right now. Oh my god, dude! Mm-hmm. Why the fuck? I got I got dude. Fox higher up too. I got him in the Lowry type of rankings, but he's been really bad okay, this year. Okay, but my opinion. My opinion on the next guy has dropped so significantly since this video. And I don't know what <laughs> flip, flip switched, but I have this guy ranked too high. I should have had <laughs> him right. around where I have Kevin Love. All right. Good well, God. I'll get my number 36 out right quick, and then we can get to him when he's actually in the correctly uh, slotted area. <laughs> but my number 36 is Luca, and he definitely needs to be way fucking higher. So we'll we'll put that off until we get to, to yeah, your spot for him. I think I had Luca in my late. 20s yeah so we're getting close uh, so who's your 36 fucking demar Derozan. god yeah <laughs> my, I have DeRozan Kyle Lowry. Uh, that's bad <laughs> yeah yeah that's a like, that's I like think a, such a 2015 take <laughs> i think DeRozan's yeah in the 50s. right now yeah, I mean, for sure. he actually it sucks. Statistically... He stopped getting better when he went to the Spurs, man. It's like he was like, man, like, this whole getting better every summer thing is like, not worth it. The best year of his career in San Antonio, the first year. That's what's weird. But like, I, I mean, just don't. You think... say the best year. I say that year when he gave up on shooting threes. <laughs> I mean, it's like I mean, he I would shot... much rather him shoot good, worse and take three hundred threes than take thirty-one percent on three attempts a game like two years ago. And it's like, right. dude, yeah. That was a step. It was a baby step, but it was a step. And then you just stopped again. But yeah. like DeRozan, he's a relic of the past, and I don't think he can really win you games. If he yeah, played man. in the in the early two thousands, he would be like a legend. But he doesn't play in the early two thousands, and that's not I mean, a his... knock on on players who played in the early two thousands. That's just the game that was played. But if you take those guys and then have them play exactly like they did then, it's a problem. Yeah, precisely. Play styles change over time. Rules, the zeitgeist in general. It's definitely not a knock. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is a L.A. kid, grew up watching Kobe, built his game around Kobe. He said this, you know, publicly. I mean, I play play exactly like Kobe, so. Yeah, who doesn't want to play like Kobe? Except fat and white. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. It's like you and, shoot and Dylan way Brooks. Too many, way too many pull-up mid-range shots, way too many fadeaways. Uh, <laughs> I even walk like him when I'm playing basketball, which is really lame, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta get in the headspace, man. Mamba mentality. I grew up idolizing the man. What do you want from me? Uh, <laughs> who do you have at whatever number that is? Yeah, at a 35. Uh I have Chris Middleton. Uh, you had hey. DeRozan for 36. So who was your 35? Uh, Chris Middleton. <laughs> oh, wow. That is amazing. All right. Bingo. We finally did it. That's the first <laughs> I think one that we had close. exactly the same spot. Yeah, we've had, we've had like three guys who were right next to each other in our rankings, but I had yeah, yeah Chris Middleton. It, it's funny because... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the name and him being just kind of in the middle of it all. Some and then yeah, I don't know. It's lame, but I like yeah, it. I had uh, thirty. Uh, next, I had Pascal Siakam, who's definitely higher now. Yeah, yeah. I, really I had Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, your yours was based on um on basically where they stand at the end of the year. Mine's based on future projections. There so was mine a little bit of future projection higher. in there. There was right, a little right. bit of it's future like, projection in there. You can't help but be influenced by how you think it's about to happen, right? It's like that, that bias is built in. Yeah, like I placed Luca a little higher than I probably would have if I based it on his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And see, me, I personally thought that Luca would just plateau. 
So I, I thought that like I did this was as good as he was last year, and this is how my good mind. he was. No one expected what he's doing this year, but I had Luca over guys like Donovan Mitchell and Porzingis and Devin Booker and D'Angelo mm. Russell. Like I don't think he had a better season than those guys, other than obviously Porzingis. But right, I have really definitely some future projection in there. Yes, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thirty-four. I got Porzingis. Um, I think that's way too high for him now. I was just anticipating him being muscular and super good, like Joel Embiid style, come back from injury, you know. But uh, it hasn't been that. He's definitely going to fuck up his knees again because he bends his knees, like, inward so often. It's it's begging for them to be just torn apart. So. Yeah. Not a Porzingis well, believer myself. I had Porzingis even higher. So and <laughs> next I had Draymond Green. God damn, he's so much better than this. No, he's not. He's really just perfect. Not. Perfect opportunity for me to kind of touch on something we talked about um uh, before the break, and uh, it's our different opinions on intangibles. Um, I just don't understand. I guess I can understand, but I just I so strongly disagree with the idea that Look, intangibles, intangibles can only take you so far. I think they take you further. Intangibles are very important, but at the end of the day, the game is about getting buckets, and the guys who get the buckets are the best players. That's what it is. Like if you look if you look throughout NBA history, the top five players in the league are pretty much never intangible guys. They might have the intangibles, but that's not things that you uh, give them credit for. Now, I think there's a certain level of scoring that isn't as equal as having a level of intangibles like Zach Levine versus Draymond Green. Draymond is a mm. better player because his intangibles are more valuable than Levine's scoring. But at a certain level of scoring, that ability is more impressive and more important to winning than any level of intangibles. That being said, a player like having an intangibles player is very important, but in terms of ranking them amongst all of these players the dudes who put the ball on the basket are what are most important yeah and i i no, love draymond I, green's well playmaking and i love his defense but that only takes you so far in rankings no okay so i see what you're saying very very well put and i agree with the general sentiment i think the point where my opinion differs most is that while history may not exactly reflect that there's a bunch of hyper intangible guys at the top of the league at any given point um maybe the closest thing you can come up with is probably bill russell um i do I was think say ben wallace in, but i don't think he was oh God, top ben five wallace. by any need any means God, ben wallace is so good i love ben wallace but even then it's and like bill, it's bill like russell defense. wasn't just an wasn't just an intangible guy he averaged like 25 rebounds a game for a few years yeah and that is the epitome <laughs> of tangible <laughs> yeah that's very fucking uh, tangible uh, yeah yeah i guess in my mind it's like sure you can have this scoring ability you know like a like a Michael Jordan or LeBron level of dominance that you can just push it towards. Uh, you know, obviously those two guys are like on their own playing field, but you know what I'm saying? You know, that's, that's going to overcome all. But if you have like an A grade offensive game, right? And an A grade defensive game, and then like an A plus, plus, plus intangibles slash everywhere else, you know, little things game. Then I think you very well may be a more important player than the A plus plus scorer, B plus defender, B plus intangible guy. You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, 
uh fuck i I had a great point and i just lost it what the fuck (laughs) guys quit smoking weed man okay i know that jalen brown (laughs) i have not smoked weed before fuck you Uh, i'd love to though someone (laughs) give me some weed uh i here's the thing here's where where i where i think that intangibles become less valuable than just scoring it is very fucking hard to dominate a game with intangibles. It speaks a mm. lot to how damn good Draymond Green is that he yes. has had games where he dominates with his intangibles, but it's very hard in general to do that. Most games that you consider dominant are when someone dropped 40 points or just completely locked someone down. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you were willing to bring up that Draymond is capable of taking over games with his intangibles. Oh yeah, and when he does, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, he for sure. He definitely does so it more. If we can agree on that, then I think that we're, I think we're mostly in tune here. And our difference of opinion is really more so that, like, in any given moment, Draymond Green could be roughly the 40th best player in the league or the 12th, depending on how yeah. just on he is. You know, like it's it's all about a range of performance. Yeah, it's not like these can, rankings are concrete. You can make case for just about every player, though. Like, well, sure, <laughs> but I mean, I couldn't really argue that Chris Middleton is going to be any worse than 40 or any better than 30. You know, there, there are guys that have yeah. tight ranges. Um, I'd say Zach so let's Levine see. versus Charlotte was the best player in the league that day. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. Just like uh, how Jordan Clarkson tore up the Grizzlies and uh, got himself traded to a good team. <laughs> Do you know how much that game hurt me in a way, though? Because... <laughs> I had I, I knew there were two games being played in Charlotte this year, and I was like, I could go to one or two of these things. And I was like, if the Bulls have a great start to this, if the Bulls have a great season, I want to be able to say that I was at the home opener. So I chose the home opener where we lost by one point. Oh. When I could have gone to that game, and it would have been the greatest fucking basketball game I've ever seen. <laughs> I guess now you know, man. You just, you just go to both. <laughs> well, right, it um, wasn't really going to work in the schedule. I had to choose one of the two, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So um, at what? 33, I got a, I got Victor Oladipo with an asterisk. It's, it's 32, technically, because I just ah. scrolled by the title card, and D'Angelo Russell is my first one after the title card, so he's 32. Oh, okay. Uh, so we're on. But that's who I had was D Low. And that's I think that's a good guy to compare to Draymond Green because I think like uh mm. both of them are phenomenal playmakers, uh but D is the great score to Draymond's great defense, and I just think that scoring is gonna be slightly more valuable than the defense. But I also don't think that edge is that significant. Like it's very marginal. Yeah. See I think that defense is a little bit more of a constant with a great defender you know like of course people play take plays off on defense but like even if you do everything right on offense sometimes the shots just don't go in you know Um, yeah which is not a great feeling (laughs) for sure um and so i i sort of feel like less so with like a d'angelo russell caliber player uh draymond's draymond's ability to take over on defense and with his intangibles is, is more valuable um but for me yeah, I uh, at 33 i think i'd probably put d'lo over him or under him now yeah so at 33 i got depot 32 i have De'Aaron fox who we've already touched on a little bit um who do you uh, have at, at 31 30, uh devin booker 
Devin Booker. I do not like Devin Booker. I have Nikola Vucevic. I have Booker all the way down at 43 below Buddy and Trey and Mitchell and <laughs> Tobias and Middleton. All right. Well, for, what is it, 3030? 30, I have a very ripped photo of Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's the player that is supposed to be the 34th through 30th best player in the all league that, is, is those muscles. All that muscle for nothing. <laughs> yeah, man. Someone should have just taught him to bend his knees forward instead of sideways, instead of teaching him to look. I ways. think teams should invest in that kind of stuff more. Like, when ever since watching that video by Emio about Derrick Rose's gait, like I notice mm-hmm. that all the time now, and like I just think teams should like be hiring people to like teach. I know it sounds stupid, but like teach these players how to walk correctly because all the wear and tear that go through makes them walk differently and that what that's what ends up giving them more wear and tear and more injuries if you just had guys on your medical staff who could give these guys physical therapy and tell them how to correct their gates i think a lot of players would have longer careers and a lot of more injury prone players would have less injuries yeah it would not surprise me at all if due to some sort of holistic view on athletic uh like medicine, I guess, is, is it sports medicine? There we go, sports medicine, there we go. Like a more holistic view of sports medicine being the norm where we factor in the day-to-day behaviors like your gait and things like that. Would not surprise me at all to see the average NBA career be expanded by multiple years on average. You know, I can't wait get... until we have like 48-year-old dudes in the league. <laughs> Dude, LeBron is going to play until he's fucking 45, I'm telling you. <laughs> I think he could. That's what's crazy. But also, I think MJ, like, it depends on what you want. Because, like, I think there are some former NBA players who at 50 could be, like, a valuable role player off the bench. Like, I think Kobe Bryant could still come into the league and be, like, a 12-point-per-game guy on, like, 47% shooting and just be, like, a decent scoring six-man at, like, he's, like, 42 now. But <laughs> that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the perfect I mean, conditions. Again, I, I can see what you're saying for sure. 40, what, is he almost 43 now? <laughs> God, I... Fucking maybe, yeah. Let's see. How old is Vince Carter? Did you know that he's Vince at, Carter he's is secretly 50 years old? <laughs> 42. 42. My, January 26, 1977. So, he's 43 in a month. <laughs> Yeah, so amazing. Jesus Christ. Like I and I think he could play like one or two more years. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah, what's if he crazy. It, for sure. <laughs> so I think yeah. there I like I like I think the way MJ played on the Wizards when he was 42, like that guy could still be an NBA player in his 50s. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're that sure. level of talent, but the thing is with these players egos, a lot of them don't want to be what Vince Carter is at any point in their career. Like, do you want to ask Vince Carter needs Kobe to Bryant man. to be a spot up shooter? I don't think Kobe can handle that. <laughs> I really, really desperately want one of those, um, retro Memphis, like red and white jerseys from a year or two ago, uh, in, in Vince Carter. <laughs> that would that would just be perfect. And it's more yeah. than a year ago. It was like two or three. Uh, uh, I like I think LeBron James this might sound crazy, but I think LeBron James, his vision uh and his pure freakiness would allow him to play until he's sixty. But he would just be <laughs> like a 
all right backup power forward at like age 58 <laughs> right and also the coach and general manager and partial owner <laughs> yeah and like force the nba to change the rules for him to where he can have an ownership stake and play and coach and at that point all of the records are fucked <laughs> <laughs> right it's like yeah lebron's just going for every single nba record lebron's gonna <laughs> score eighty thousand points in his career deal with it <laughs> <laughs> his goal is to be untouched forever <laughs> all right well, he could fucking do me. it that's just how much influence he has he, he fucking could um my 30th was DeRozan. um we already talked about him very underwhelming Damn, you had uh, I higher would... than me i felt yeah bad. I, I thought he would bounce back and maybe consider taking threes a year but no he just got worse um yeah, 29 Donovan, was his mid-range yeah. bro i have donovan mitchell at at a 29 yeah, because I think you had um, I don't fucking know. It's what's whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah. Had, so you're 29. Him, his, Donovan Mitchell, mine's after Lamarcus him, I had his Aldridge. Horrible teammate. I had his horrible teammate Mike Conley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I uh, watched your video beforehand, I was like, oh wow, someone else also put Mike Conley pretty high up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, and Mike we were, Conley. And we were both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think you're you're more right than me because mine's predictive in nature, you know. And I'm like, oh one yeah, he'll be like the twenty fourth. One thing that surprised me is just like a few months ago, like I had never actually looked in depth into Mike Conley's stats because who the fuck cares about Mike Conley's stats? Right. I had always had this vision of him that he was like this mega efficient player, and he just wasn't. Like, he had a lot yeah, of, like, no. 42% from the field seasons, and it was kind of disappointing because I always thought he was, like, in the 47 and 48 area. No, uh, I don't no. know what gave me that notion, but it was disappointing to find out that it's not true. And it made me feel like he's less underrated than people say he is. Well, the thing is, is that he bared the whole burden on offense, right? And was still yeah. completely okay with it, and the team hummed along... And so did so did like think, a, you know just the function of but it. All. I think, He's just like I think a really Conley, good like, point guard. Conley is never. I don't think Conley was ever underrated. I just think the competition at point guard is just so ridiculous. Like I think it's like he's like the point guard Chris Webber. Like Chris Webber oh, played at the same time as Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, and uh, uh, Kevin Garnett. No way was he going to stand out, even though he was a fucking great player too. Like yeah, Conley That's has absolutely Dame right. Curry, Westbrook, uh, Chris Paul, all of those guys. Uh, Kemba, yeah, like he's not going to stand out amongst those guys. Yeah, well, fortunately, he is managing to uh, stand out more than some of these guys. Who oh I yeah, have people are talking about him, him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. At twenty eight, I have a uh, Kyle Lowry who is doing better than him. Um. Who is your twenty eighth? <laughs> uh cp triple yeah see i want i'm really glad that we get to bring this up here because number one kyle lowry very much so way better than cp3 outright just no no question about it don't don't even want to you know kind of argue that but number two we we just sort of glazed over my my super hot take <laughs> of chris paul uh being the 55th best player in the league this year is my bold prediction and frankly when i was you know doing the follow-up research to do this i was very vindicated <laughs> when, I, when i looked at chris paul's numbers i was like wow yeah he these are low low as fuck <laughs> i thought now, career lows in usage to chris paul 
Uh, yeah. Like, everyone was saying that he was done. Like, no, he wasn't. I can tell you based off what he did against the Bulls that he's not fucking done by any stretch. And then people yeah. also have this bad tendency to presume bad contract is bad player or <laughs> right. overpaid equals overrated. And it's like, that's just not true at all. Right. Uh, it's not like, Chris I can't Paul, dock this man's talent because he gets paid more than the guy below him. And dude, I don't think there's anything in basketball that pisses me off more than people getting angry at players taking big contracts like <laughs> yeah dude there's already a salary cap so, like let like them get someone their fucking offers money. you 150 million dollars are you gonna say no <laughs> <laughs> yeah only if you're like, Noel. <laughs> so many bulls fans hated Dwayne wade purely because he was overpaid but i'm like why are you hating him for a contract that he was given like are you in, in his shoes are you saying no to that contract? And I think people just in general should do better at putting themselves in other people's shoes, but that's a totally different topic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see here. So, Chris Paul, I want to bring up his numbers because I had just a few notables picked out. Like, he has a career low in usage percentage, career low in assist percentage, career low in steal percentage, career low in win shares, and he's only averaging 16 and 6. Like it's, You're listing it's off a abysmal. lot of numbers that mean practically nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's they're all things that are, like, you know, relative advanced stat, like, kind of bullshitty the sounding nonsense. But it's like that really matters, and I'm not counting true shooting percentage or efficient field goal percentage. Those should just be straight up stats. But, like... Plus minus is the only stat that matters, but you also have to strongly consider the context of it. And any stat right. that needs a lot of context behind it, I think also like lowers the value of that stat. Uh, even stuff like points per game and field goal percentage, that stuff needs context. Like everything needs context. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I, uh, I think that's the thing with... Um... I'm trying to explore this right quick because I think win shares might be a more appropriate representation of sort of. I don't of even understand bringing how in they the context. Work. Yeah, that's why I'm reading the fucking basketball reference page on it now to understand like the current version. They won and they shared it. <laughs> Boom, win share. <laughs> it's it like I mean the glossary term on basketball reference is is very self-explanatory. It's just uh, the estimated number of wins added by that player to their team. Um, but the thing is like, how do you calculate that? And it's just like, oh, here is a gigantic ass article explaining all of our fucking math. And it's like, you know, this doesn't really scale well to pod content. If I don't already have I a ultimately uh, deep understanding value, of this. I ultimately value the eye test the most. Uh, oh, the yeah. only reason I really list off stats in my videos is to A, back up my points and B, it fills time and it's very easy to write. <laughs> <laughs> just listing right. off it's numbers like establish a, a baseline of reality <laughs> yeah yeah no like, I, I test over fucking stats every time where people go in my comments like oh you're just talking about stats but I'm like no nah, I'm just trying to get this video to 10 minutes homie <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta start stretching those outros to <laughs> max it out every time have a 10 minute 1 second video every time Um. so at 27 I got Big Al I love El Horford in this spot. I think it's an appropriate I had ranking. The correct spelling of Drew Holiday. <laughs> Drew. That's how Drew should always be spelled. It's way better. 
<laughs> yeah, man. Like, Drew is fucking weak. Like, I love Drew Gooden on YouTube. He's a cool dude. He's the only Drew I ever, I I've ever known with a D. That's cool. Uh, Drew with a J is not, ten times cooler. I should probably not show this clip to my brother named Drew. <laughs> <laughs> man, fuck that kid That's the whole Drew. reason I said that. <laughs> uh, so... Drew is definitely not that good this year. I wish he was. I thought him and Lonzo would feed off each other really well, and I was dead wrong. That Drew was looking well, awful this year. I'm not surprised year. by that because Drew's never been a great three-point shooter. He's always yeah. been a respectable one. Yeah, <laughs> guy who takes him and makes it enough of the time. That's it. But, I mean, he has that ability to turn it on on defense. My thing is, is that, like, he's talked about it in the past a lot before, is that he doesn't want to be alone in the backcourt. Like, when he had Rondo, he was super happy because – on any given play on offense or defense, he could take it off and not feel terribly too responsible for any downfall on his team uh, because he has another guard there to back him up. Uh, but when he's all alone, yeah, like he apparently is because Lonzo Bulls. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> he would be great on the Bulls, actually. That would be an awesome trade. Um, at 26, I have CJ McCollum. What do you have? No shit. I have CJ McCollum, too. Yeah. Let's go. We That's got those. We got those two guards on lock. Yeah. All right. See, I mean, CJ McCollum is like one of those king of the mid-range guys. Yeah. Cool. And then I had super useful Al in playoffs. Horford. I had Al Horford after him. Yeah. See, we had we had Al Horford and CJ right in the same range, but instead of Al at twenty-five, I have at, at instead of Al at twenty-five, I have him at a twenty-seven. What but at twenty-five, I have fuck? Siakam. Okay. I'll, well, never mind. We'll ignore that. Uh, I just saw something really what? dumb on Twitter. No. <laughs> there was hashtag thank you jj abrams trending and then they you know how they show the little article sometimes mm -hmm. it just said mlb former yankees pitcher delling batases agrees to a one-year deal and it <laughs> they're both connected to the same thing and it's like what the fuck do either of those things have to do with each other it's definitely a bug twitter is Twitter's fucking bugging. Bug. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, my 25 is not Big Al. It is Pascal Siakam, uh, who's honestly outperformed that spot. I thought that was a very fair and optimistic projection. I think he's top 20 now. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's probably in, in he's probably like 18 to 15, depending on the day, mm -hmm. which is why. He's only getting better. My, my idea with Pascal was that was was a little bit wrong. Um, my idea was that he would basically be the same player he was last year, but just improve in a couple areas marginally, and it would take him over the top to be a His reasonable number as a one option. Is wild. Yeah, I thought instead of uh, getting better as a shooter, like off the dribble, get better and from the top maker. of the key and shit, like he's shooting like a guard now, and that is the last thing I expected because last year, every time he caught the ball in the corner, which was like his favorite and most used spot to shoot last year. He would always hesitate. He never looked ready when he caught it. And I would, I was saying all last year, if he was just ready to catch these corner, ready to shoot these corner threes on the catch, he would make one or two more a game, and that is a huge difference. But now he's yeah. like dribbling it up and just fucking pulling up like Steph Curry. And I'm barely yeah. exaggerating. I want to, I want to <laughs> show just how truly insane the difference in shooting is. So last year. He shot 37% on 2.73s a game. This year, he is shooting 39.2% on 6.3 attempts, which is a better percentage on 
d- more than double the attempts. And then when you go to the assisted percentage, 98% of his threes used to be assisted. Now it's just 71. So what's that? A 17% drop off. He's pulling up in people's faces. It's nuts. To open the year, it was actually lower than 71%, so that's gone up a bit. But, you know, he's taking more difficult shots. He's taking more shots, and he's making more shots from three. It's wild. And his handle's tighter. He's a little bit better on defense. I was hoping his playmaking would get a little bit better uh, because I thought he could be like a five assist per game guy. He's only gone up by .5 a game, but that's fine. I was expecting playmaking to be his big improvement, not his shooting. But I yeah, think the shooting is That's what is I would have expected better. as well. Yeah, because <laughs> if he's going to be like compared to Giannis, like he has been so much, uh, if he can yeah. develop that jump shot, then pe- people are going to start talking about him like he could be like the next big thing. If people are saying like B plus Giannis, but has a jump shot, <laughs> that's crazy good. That's basically um, what I said in my video on him. Giannis, <laughs> not as good, but a jump shot. <laughs> and, and Pascal isn't as physically imposing. I, when I, every time I watch a bucks game i just always realize like because it's usually like a couple like a week or so in between each one because i only really watch the good matchups because i know they're gonna mm-hmm. fucking dominate the piss poor teams so when i go right. and watch them against a good team like because it'll always be like a week or so in between i'm like oh yeah Giannis is fucking gigantic like i watched him go up against the lakers and he is legitimately like the same size as Anthony Davis. Like that's just fucking nuts. He's as big yeah, as man. Anthony Davis, but he dribbles the ball like he's LeBron. <laughs> I got a fucking clown for telling this story in an NBA group chat a couple months ago, but I'll tell it again here. Um, one time, me and my buddy, we were um, we were smoking, <laughs> and we were, we were shooting the shit about you know just how big degenerate. NBA players, how how how. Uh, Mm. I'm not a degenerate, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> uh, uh, but we're just shooting the shit about, you know, just how massive these guys are and stuff like that and how much Giannis has grown and how the uh, the Sixers were the only team that took the the tell us the real heights thing seriously. And so we were debating, like, how tall Giannis really is. And he's we were like, I don't know, man. at the minimum. Yeah, it's like he's definitely approaching seven foot. I personally think he's over. And so we put on... Uh, the game where Eric Bledsoe and Joel Embiid got into it, threw some balls at each other. There's a, a whole mm-hmm. big thing. Uh, they're wearing their, their super cool uniforms, their, their city editions. Um, really memorable game. You mean the cream we're city? Just sitting... <laughs> no, no, not the cream city. The the, the yellow and red ones. Who the ones. fuck thought that was a good idea? <laughs> cream city. <laughs> Who's the degenerate I didn't know now? Wisconsin was so horny. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask my Wisconsin bros if it's as horny as it seems from down here um, but we were just staring at Giannis and Embiid at every moment that they were close to each other and we are like man I think Giannis is even taller than Embiid and we really convinced ourselves that Giannis is like 7 foot 2 at least <laughs> well, but Embiid, then it came out that Embiid, Embiid was, was like actually, actually 6'10 as... or whatever he was 6'11". 6'11 yeah, 6'11 and three quarters or whatever. So like, yeah, they were saying he was 7'2". Giannis two. could be 7'. <laughs> they were saying he was 7'2", but yeah. yeah. Shoes make a difference. Uh, let's see, at 24, I have Mike Conley. We talked about him being underwhelming. Who's your 24? I got my boy who I've been shitting on, Ben Simmons. <laughs> oh, God damn, man. 
See, here's the thing. I watched your video, like I said a million times now, and even in your video, you say he's perfect at everything except shooting or something like that, or great all the way around, well, or almost perfect. Said the he... highest of praise. And then it's like, but, but doesn't said... shoot. <laughs> He needs to be more aggressive because even without his ability to shoot, he should be an he 18 is point per game score. the exact right amount of aggressiveness. No. <laughs> I no. cannot stand this take. Like Cookies Hoops, I, I love referencing them. They're an excellent podcast. But they, Ben Dietrich was absolutely on the nose <laughs> when <laughs> he said that people saying that Ben Simmons doesn't want it enough is just completely incoherent. He wants the exact right amount. Aggressiveness and wanting it enough are the same thing. And you can, if you ask, you know, a boomer, they're never going to want it too much. You can want it as much as humanly possible, Look, but that's a good thing. But you can be too aggressive. Joel Embiid is too aggressive <laughs> on both sides of the ball. Ben Simmons is Look. calculated and cold and doesn't really play like any other player Look. we've ever seen and doesn't Look. really care about getting buckets. It's just like the intangibles thing. He ben doesn't care about scoring, Simmons, and that's why he's, he wants it exactly the right amount. Ben Simmons can get to the rim at will, but he only does it in the half court like three times a game. That's unacceptable. He's he can get he can get to eighteen points per game while still shooting above fifty percent, and it would be beneficial to his team. He's not aggressive enough. I don't know about this wanting it shit. That's a cliche term, but he definitely is not as aggressive going to the basket as he should be. And when he's not going to the basket with the ball in his hands, he's pretty fucking useless uh, offensively, at least scoring-wise. Yeah, for sure. Uh, score, scoring the ball, all he can do is drive. But the thing is, you know, to use your phrasing more or less, paraphrasing again, you know, every other aspect of his game is almost perfect. <laughs> like he's an elite defender, elite passer. <laughs> Like, all he does is not score. <laughs> Can defend all five I mean, positions. Yeah. And, like, really well, too. I mean, if you would have put this guy in any era, he would dominate. And he, he's dominating in his own way now. But he just does it in, like, a super patient way. I would but love, as love, I've love said, to see as Ben I've Simmons said, turn it on in the playoffs and, you know, have, like, a 40-point game where he has 10 buckets under the rim that he scored at will, like you are saying, got to the line a bunch. Because he has said, that in him before with this intangible shit at what is ultimately most important is getting buckets and the thing is people disqualify Ben Simmons's ability to score because he can't shoot but he can be an 18 to 20 point guy just purely off of his size and agility and speed and his handle he can do what LeBron James was doing before in terms of going to the basket I think he's oh, also like <laughs> yeah, I can feel that one coming. Uh bless you. <laughs> uh but I I was trying to fight through what I was saying before I sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell, I could tell. Uh but I, I think that um Ben Simmons is is really just not like worthy of the criticism that he gets like because it's just like it's a meme level of criticism and it's it's not warranted there's other players in the nba who don't shoot and there don't was too much criticism early 10%. on in his career but he's in his third year now and the sixers are trying to be a contender they need him to be better than he was offensively than he was in his rookie year and he isn't maybe maybe so scoring wise for sure all the way else around 
possibly some some slight improvements here and no there. better than it was. It doesn't need to be better, but it is. Right, isn't. it's already as good as it can get. Um, I, don't, I think I don't the thing that he that. needs to improve on offense more than shooting, honestly, is his ability to finish with either hand in any situation because he's always forcing it into his wrong hand. Like he shoots with the wrong hand, but then finishes with the it, right it hand. Shooting but it's the wrong hand. Yeah, he just needs to fucking shoot right-handed. All right, let's move on from Ben However, Simmons. That's enough. LeBron James <laughs> is left-handed and he shoots right-handed, and he's a pretty good shooter now. Yeah, to take I mean, multiple it, it, years to get there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, twenty-three. I have Kemba Walker, who uh, I didn't actually, want to put over Mike Conley, but I, I had to, and just you know, it's actually it's wildly unknown that LeBron is left-handed. I feel like not yeah. as many people know that as they should. Yeah, that's but. like a, a good NBA nerd litmus test is which hand is LeBron's dominant hand. And then if they're a real NBA nerd, they'll they'll ask you, you know, on the court or off the court. <laughs> oh, they'll know it's a trick question. Um, but 24, well, or excuse me, 23, I got Kemba. Who you got? Uh, I had Victor Oladipo. See, I like Depot. I don't like him that much. I knew he wasn't going to come back this year and make a gigantic difference so i had him about 10 ah, spots below this shit. but i could see where I he put, could be this good i put a lamarcus aldridge photo in this video and forgot to do the uh what do you call it what's what's the fuck is the crop called the uh fuck i hate that i don't know what it's called right now because it's very <laughs> important to my videos uh now it's not going to show me. Jesus Christ. Uh, Ken Burns. That's what it is. I knew it was uh, Ken Burns. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was yeah. some celebrity and I didn't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I should. I shouldn't have known that as much as fucking, uh, as much as I know about that type of shit. I should have just been like, oh yeah, Ken Burns, but I couldn't think of it either. Yeah, but um, next I had LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, and I had LaMarcus way lower than you. Uh, when we were making these lists, that was that was one of your biggest criticisms of mine was that I had LaMarcus way too low and you actually convinced me to take him out of the 30s and insert him into the 20s. Yeah, um, but I think I would put him below Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I would put him below Victor Oladipo as well if I could go back and change it. Um, so let me touch on Kemba Walker a little bit going back to number 23. Um Andrew Bailey at Andrew D Bailey on Twitter. I, re- I, don't I like quote him. tweeted him recently. I, I don't know anything about him. I just saw this little tweet and really liked it. He um, uses advanced stats to an obnoxious amount. Right. And this is one of those things. Uh, he said, if you sort every NBA player with uh, at least 300 minutes played uh, as of December 23rd, uh, by the average of their ranks in... 10 quote-unquote catch-all stats uh, like real plus-minus, Raptor rating, box plus-minus, player impact plus-minus, and game score uh, per minute, as well as cumulative versions of each. Uh, this is the top 15, and it's a name of players who are all like really fucking good. Basically, you know, the super advanced stats all getting thrown together mm-hmm. to be like one rating. Um Here's, here's how it goes. Giannis, James Harden, LeBron, Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, Dame, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, Campbell Walker at 12th. And then Nico Jokic. And then two big surprises, uh, Montrez and Bam. Uh, but Kembo being there at his size, not really being able to make a huge impact on the defensive side of the ball is huge. 
Like, I cannot believe he's that good in the advanced metrics when he is not that good of a defender. I mean, compared to the other 14 guys, they're all at least okay defenders. Yeah, and there's a good uh, example of why advanced stats are bullshit. Uh, I had Kemba <laughs> Walker after LaMarcus Aldridge, a little bit higher than yours. I think that's, what, 20th? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be um after LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, that'd be 21. Uh, my 22 is Bradley Beal. My 21 is Drew. Drew at 21 is obviously wrong. Bradley Beal at 22. Could probably afford to go up. He's I think people dominating. after that Portland series started to overrate Drew Holiday. Yeah, because I mean, him and Rondo did lock seem, him up. It does seem like that series uh, elevated Drew Holiday's play, which is what's weird. Like, his numbers went up after that series. For sure. It's like he proved to the world that he can turn it on at any given moment on either side of the ball if he has help. So yeah. Right now he doesn't have help, and he's sucking. But um, uh, after him, I had Clay Thompson. See, I had Clay one spot ahead of you. Um, also, wait, with the no, asterisks. this is way out of whack. How so? I think Clay is my seventeenth. <laughs> oh because, boy! Because <laughs> I have Russell well, Westbrook after him, and I know for a fact I put Russell Westbrook at sixteen. Well, well. Whatever. There's two or three people that are lost. So I'll work up to 16. <laughs> um, I got Ben Simmons at 18, which is perfect because we've already talked about him. I got That is not. That is too high. <laughs> nah, I don't think it's high enough now. All right. And so after some difficulty and fuck uppery, mostly fuck uppery, um, we are getting back into it. Let's uh, just start at 20. I got Jimmy Butler. You, know, you you just say you're 20 and 19 because I don't want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> I got Jimmy sure and Clay. Yeah, yeah, you do. I got Jimmy and Clay. Um, Clay with an asterisk, of course, because he's not going to play this year. Uh, I got Ben Simmons at 18. Well, we thought that he would play, but then everything fell apart really fast. Mm-hmm. And even then, it was sort of like a he could come back after the All-Star break. But then, like, after... I think, like, the first week in the season, they were like, he's probably not going to play all year. <laughs> well, they were they were pretty optimistic that he would play, like, 20 games. I think that's what the general consensus was. And then yeah. they were like, well, Steph's injured. We're not going to fucking play this, dude. <laughs> yeah. Let's just yeah. tank Definitely the whole year and get a draft it. pick. But uh, Clay Thompson uh, – or, sorry, Kemba Walker. So I have at 18 and then Clay Thompson at 17. Yeah, Kimba Walker is stupid good yep. according to these stupid advanced stats, which we talked about, and I believe were actually managed to be caught on the non fucked up recording. Um, Either way, it wasn't that important. Yeah, this is long <laughs> enough. So my seventeen is Blake. Uh, been hurt this year. Doesn't matter that much. Uh, who's your seventeen? Clay Thompson. I already told you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I'm dumb. I'm just so used to hearing numbers and names that it's all kind of blurring at this point. I'm I blacked out like two nights ago, actually. Um, oh, that's fun. Sixteen is Rudy Gobert, um, dominant defensive player, but I couldn't justifiably rank him ahead of a guy like Kyrie Irving at the time. However, now I wish that I would have ranked Kyrie Irving way the fuck lower and put Rudy up a little bit higher. Yeah, I disagreed with you on that, but I don't want to go over it for the second time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. uh, I had Russ at 16. I wish I had put him lower because I don't think he's any better than the 20th best player in the league. Russ, I think, can help you make a bad team a decent one, but he cannot make a decent team a great one, and he can especially not 
help a great team become an unbelievable one as he's shown with the Rockets. Uh, and I also just don't think that he can help you win that much. So if I'm, you know, putting guys above him, it's because I think they're also great, but they can help you win more. So mm-hmm. that's basically it. And see, at you have Russ at uh, 16, and I have Kyrie at 15. My Russ is all the way at 13. I'm a lot more apologetic towards Russ than you. Uh, I, again, would put Kyrie a lot lower uh, to repeat something I said on a, you know on a broken, on a broken uh, recording. Uh, I compared Kyrie to Monte with a, a ring and a big shot on the back of LeBron. That's <laughs> I thought, I thought that was a cool line. But uh, if... If you actually go back and look at my channel, there is evidence of me being a Russell Westbrook fan. So when I say that, like, I am I criticize Russ because I'm disappointed in him, that's 100% accurate. Because there is literally a video of me saying that people should stop comparing Russell Westbrook to Oscar Robertson because what Russell Westbrook is doing is way better than what Oscar Robertson did. Like, that's a video that I made. Oh, damn. <laughs> and that was in his 2017 MVP season. Like, I'm like, you got to consider the context of the modern era. What Russ is doing is way more impressive than what Oscar did. So call me a Russ hater all you want. I made a whole video basically saying Russell Westbrook is better than fucking Oscar Robertson. So bite me on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number you, you 15 built a bulletproof defense yeah number 15 i have blake griffin uh he has not been that good this year he's shooting less than 40 percent, and it's been like almost 20 games now so i think he's i mean he's playing through injury but even then that's a little rough um but i definitely yeah. think he was the 15th best player last year that's for yeah, sure for sure he had the best season of his career by far and away last year he's he's Really one of my favorite players. He's, he's one of those guys that just never stops trying to get better, and I admire the fuck out of that. He went from yeah, hyper-athletic, I, I really enjoy who watching. really cares about his skill, I really enjoy. to hyper-skilled. I find point forwards who are power forwards more fun to watch than point forwards who are small forwards, like LeBron. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. For sure. You know, you got your Ben Simmons. It feels, more, <laughs> it feels more unnatural when it's a power forward, which makes it more cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Draymond always looks a little bit silly with the ball, even though he's like small forward size, but we all know he's a big man, so. Um, My 15th is Kyrie, like I already said. My 14th is Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I thought this was a little bit high, but with him playing decent to okay defense now instead of horrible and And being one of the greatest offensive. MVP level offensively, unfortunately, the Wolves suck, so. Right. I mean, that, that organization is kind of I don't really think there's more than like five scores in the NBA that are better than Carl Anthony Towns at scoring. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the list here and I guess Harden because he's technically scoring the ball. Kevin Durant when he's healthy. Steph. Maybe Kawhi. Maybe LeBron when he wants to. I wouldn't even to. say Kawhi. I think Carl's a better scorer than Kawhi. Yeah, yeah. He's probably a better scorer than Embiid, too. Yeah, he definitely is. Uh, but 14, I have Rudy Gobert. And it was that thought on Towns, which is why I have him at 11. But 14, I have Gobert. Uh, I do not value defense as much as Rudy does. But Rudy, the co-host, not the player. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> But Rudy is just so ridiculously impactful defensively that I think he gets to be up here amongst all these great offensive players. 
Yeah, um, I do. Uh, my 13 was Russ, uh, like I already said. My 13 uh, is Jimmy G. Buckets, who I miss dearly. Yeah. Uh, baby, come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to uh, repeat my lines now. Uh, I, I think that Jimmy G. is uh, not a, not a, not a uh, bona fide superstar, but I, I think it's uh, going to be kind of similar to those 04 Pistons come the postseason where he's going to serve the role of a superstar, but still have a good enough team behind him that's well constructed enough to actually Miami, make a run. The way they're built, Miami and Boston are the two teams that for the first time in a while I think could win without a superstar, like win a championship. Definitely. It's just because I think those teams are so well constructed. Like the Absolutely. last team to do that was the Spurs in 2014. They didn't have a superstar and then it was the 04 Pistons and there was a decade in between those two. Like that's how hard it is, but I think Miami is constructed so well, and Jimmy Butler is just good enough that they could do it. Uh, I think Kemba, Tatum, and Brown, and Hayward, like that's just so much talent, even though none of them individually are standouts. Having that much offensive talent on the court at the same time is insane. So I think both of those teams could win a championship in my tier two of contenders, but still I'd consider them contenders. I would say that... um... I would I would put the Heat a little bit ahead of Boston for me. I just tend to be more pessimistic towards Boston just because of how prolific their media machine is. Like I just well, tend I'm, to, I'm to chalk, skew them I'm down. Gonna, I would put Boston ahead just because uh, experience. I feel that. All right. Miami has two rookies who are a core part of their team. So Jimmy Butler is about to be a motherfucking. Moody uh, Chauncey Billups is going to be like the, the diva version. Moody Chauncey Billups. Wow. I don't know that Chauncey Billups was ever the 12th best player in the league, though. Yeah. Not like Draymond Green. Who <laughs> is who I had no, at 12. man. Chauncey Billups is better than Draymond Green. But Draymond Green is not the 12th best fucking player in the league. That's for damn sure. On but, the best night, he, uh, he sure can be. We've on the best that night, yeah, but yeah, I don't, I'm not. You don't judge these players by their best night. You judge them by their average night. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, my number eleven. Well, um, my twelve was Kyrie. By the way, <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. I don't understand the whole Kyrie hype. I would pick Russ over Kyrie today. Right what? now, no, mm-hmm. man. Here's 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 the thing. There, all right. Uh, I think once you get past and and uh, B Souls has made a great point about this. I think after you get past the superstars, the, it, when you're ranking them, it comes down to the question of who would be better as a second option, because I think Kyrie makes a way better second option than Russell Westbrook does by a mile. Now he's gone as far as to say that he would take CJ over Russ just because CJ is a better second option. I, I kind of agree with that because I would take a lot of players over Russ. Like, I, would I would take, take CJ and like a complimentary but... piece or two in combination over Russ if I was like a GM, but I would still choose but like, Russ I, over I CJ I understand that time. logic, and that's kind of how I judge these level guys where I'm like, who would I rather have when I have a, a bona fide superstar on my team to pair with? Easily Kyrie Irving. Easily Kyrie I understand that rationale. It makes sense. And me and you also have different functional definitions of superstar. Um, yours is well, my a lot definition, more limited. I think is, 
I think my definition is pretty simple, and it's uh, that you could win a championship with them as your best player. And my list of superstars start at number 11 with Carl Anthony Towns. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's where the superstar list basically starts. I I think it's more like 15, I would have 12. I would have 12 now because I'd put Luka up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I made a whole video on him where I think I said I have him at like the eighth best player in the league now. Seventh or eighth. Gosh, Luka is so good. I'm really looking at this list and trying to decide where my line is for how far down the list you go until you stop seeing superstars. And I think that the best player on a championship team uh, can be pretty bad compared to the best of the best of the best if the team is perfectly constructed, a la Chance, a Chauncey Billups, you know? Um, yeah, but I'm so saying like in an average circumstance. I would go all like the way as far down to like 20. Yeah, I would go I'm as far like way to say 20. Because okay. like, I think if you build a team perfectly around Jimmy Butler, he can be your best player, but like... With like an okay team built, like an okay build around them, as far as like as okay as okay can be, if you know what I mean. Like it's not a flawless mm-hmm. construction. Right. And I think these players after Cat and above can be that. Although right. number ten, who I have, Paul George, I kind of could see it needing to be pretty perfect for him. And what's sad is I think OKC should have been perfect for him, but Russell Westbrook had to go and fuck that up. I don't know, man. I think it was more like Kawhi going and fucking that up by calling him up and being like, hey, man, you want to come to L.A.? It'll be real good. Well, I'm talking about how they played in the playoffs that year. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And Paul see, George being injured didn't help. See, I uh, I'm a lot more apologetic towards Paul George because his playoff shortcomings are very contextually informed uh when he was with the pacers he was just super super young and not quite ready yes. or had ever been in that yeah, role so like when he folds like in game seven <laughs> yeah when he folds in game seven as a as a youngster that's perfectly understandable and then in all of his time in oklahoma city there was always something that explained a you know what's weird to think about what's that he's had more years in his career post snapping his ankle than he has pre snapping his ankle and that doesn't feel like that's correct oh wow you're right it sure doesn't that doesn't seem right at all but you're right aren't you it's crazy that paul george came from that injury and then last year had the best season of his career because it looked like based on how he was playing in miami if you don't count james harden because you shouldn't because he's playing a different game then paul george led the league in scoring last year you know, yeah. on top of being a DPOY but, candidate, which is why I have him above 10 yes. and why I have him above um, 11, which I skipped, I think. It's KD with an well, asterisk, but that's entirely as, unimportant. As high as he, My number as 10, high as he was mm-hmm, in on. scoring, as high as he was in scoring last year, I think uh, his creating ability is a little bit lacking in comparison to the guys that are coming up next. Right. And see, I'm willing to value that defense above that playmaking um, because my number 10 is James Harden. This is, this is, well, I wasn't I, just talking about playmaking. Damn, 10? I, That's I, rough, dude. I don't believe James Harden. Like, there's a reason that literally nobody cares, like, even Rockets fans, 
that he's putting up better scoring numbers than anybody ever. Like, it's because he's a hack. It doesn't scale to the playoffs. And come fucking yeah, I, May I and agree June, that nobody's his going numbers to be, make him look better than like, he actually is. But yeah, I mean, it's I wouldn't like, put him number ten. I would. I I was so close to putting him outside of the top ten just to have like the hottest of hot takes. But honestly, this list has so many hot takes shoehorned into it that this was like as honest as I could really be about Harden is saying that he's exactly ten, the bottom of the top ten. Yeah, he's a top 10 NBA player, but he's fucking 10, and that's arbitrary. Depends on how good KD is when he comes back. That could knock him out for me. Because at number 9, I have Dame. Uh, so do I. That's three that we got agreed nope. on. All right. Dame that's... and the Lord, number 9. <laughs> Wrap it up, boys. We're going home. That's all we came here for. Get those three. We'll probably get more than that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's becoming more and more likely. Although, wouldn't surprise me if we were completely... Uh, out of alignment here. I don't know your and top ten eight, by heart. I so. got Joel Embiid <laughs> at eight. I have uh, PG thirteen. So let's talk about Embiid a little bit. Um, Embiid definitely a dominant defensive player. Um, he is not perfect on defense or offense. He's a little bit too aggressive. He he wants it too bad. <laughs> and um, but offensively, you know, he is pretty ridiculous like he averaged like 28 points a game last year or something like yeah. 27 i think yeah like we talk about carl anthony towns a being a better offensive player than him and like it, it is a, a difference and it's one that's significant and worth mentioning but with that being said Embiid is by no means and at all that's just a commentary offensive player. that's just a commentary on how fucking ridiculous cat is right like carl anthony <laughs> towns is a cheat with, code <laughs> my biggest gripe with Embiid is that he shoots too many three-pointers for his skill level. Yeah. Like he and mine is that he doesn't roll to the he rim 30, hard enough. He doesn't 30%. know how to run a, be in a pick and roll. If him and Ben could just spend a summer learning how to run a pick and roll, then that would be fine. Yeah, like, just true. have it in the arsenal, man. The, the fucking Sixers don't run pick and rolls. And that's okay, but, like, once in a while, it's nice to have an extra tool in your bag to use that's, like, very reliable and easy to get he to. He doesn't get enough credit for his playmaking. He averaged four assists last year. Uh, yeah, and it's just because he's such a dominant post threat that mm-hmm. teams bring doubles, and there's an immense value in him knowing how to pass out of that double without there being issues. Right, which is why I think he needs to do it more often. He he wants to force it over those guys. He wants to dominate. Um, so passing is almost like a begrudging second thought. Uh, he he's a lot better at passing when it's at like the top of the key to me. When he's like passing to cutters, when he's choosing not to just jack that three. Uh, well, speaking of passing, oh yeah, uh, here we go. <laughs> next next up, I got my boy Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. As do I, right here at seven. I got the yoke. All right, that's four. All right, fellow fat boys unite. Fat yep. white boys. Fat, ugly right. white boys unite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's probably the best NBA player of all time who never jumps. <laughs> I mean, like... This I mean, ridiculous. prime to Marcus Cousins, there's a case for him. <laughs> yeah, true, but, you know, he jumps sometimes. <laughs> Nicola uh, never jumps. He, like, gets only, on his toes. It was only cosmetic. <laughs> it was only cosmetic. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone knows about... Jokic. I, I heard a really, really fucking great joke on Round Ball Rock, which is one of my favorite NBA podcasts. And I don't talk about it enough on here, actually. Um, he said that Nikola Jokic has big middle school energy. 
Yeah. <laughs> just like the way he wears just like fucking novelty tees and sweatpants and it's just a goddamn goofball. <laughs> yeah. And also just well, the way he looks. Next, we get into a tier of players for me. I mean, you put James Harden on 10, so clearly you don't agree. But I have a tier of NBA players where... I just think the difference in talent between them is like not a big difference. Like everyone else from here on out, I don't think it's that significant. Uh, Kevin Durant's not on this because I didn't expect him to play because he's not playing this year. Clay was only in it because I expected him to play. Oladipo's going to play, so that's why he was on it. But uh, everyone else from here on out, I don't think the difference in talent is that much. And at six, uh, I had Anthony Davis at the bottom of that. Okay, interesting. I could see exactly why you did that because of your methodology with it being based on how last year left off and with the conditions in which Anthony Davis left his well, team. You, yeah, you really couldn't consider last year that much though cuz he barely played. Right. But with but with that like, like being a factor a last year. at all, you know. It's like it's hard not for it to I feel like influence a decision making like this where you're like all right, guys who are flat out dominant like the best the best margin of difference is very low. Who's the lowest? I guess Anthony Davis, <laughs> you know. As I I put Anthony Davis all the way up at 4. Uh my sixth but it's just was he's a guy who hasn't proven it proven anything yet. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he hasn't really had much opportunity, but See, with uh, my predictive uh, methodology, uh, I had the brow all the way up at four because I thought that him being next to LeBron would like bring out the absolute best in him. Um, he I mean, it kind of has. Yeah, and it has offensively for sure, 100%. Um, and and you know just... what? My prophecy for Anthony Davis is coming true because I made a whole video saying that he has a very similar career uh, to uh, – uh, Kevin Garnett and I said he would go to a team and he would do what Garnett does and win a defensive player of the year and it's looking like he's he's probably going to win it this year if he keeps this up and I don't yeah, even know especially if, the Lakers if that's because he really is the defensive player of the year but he it, I guess the media is just trying to make it that way but I, at the same time I do under, I do think he's definitely worthy of it yeah uh, for I, sure I think Rudy Gobert should three-peat as defensive player of the year but that's fine yeah if he's uh, around to make an all-star he definitely needs to get like crazy amounts of deep boys yeah um, I, I agree it's with your sentiment that, that like been an all-star dude <laughs> think about how fucking stupid it is that last year Nikola Vucevic was an all-star and he wasn't Rudy Gobert was not yeah, it is stupid. It was and also stupid that fucking D'Angelo Russell was a superstar. I mean, a, a when they star. announced that goddamn Team LeBron versus Team Giannis, that type of shit was going to exist, I thought that meant that would be the end of conferences having fucking anything to do with all-star selections, but it didn't. It just meant that they wouldn't play East versus West. But when you go to select the all-star teams, when you go to vote, it's still 15 players East, 15 players West. Yeah, it's fucking silly. It's Hopefully they'll uh, they'll you know keep up this uh, team LeBron versus team Curry or whatever type of thing, and then also drop the conference uh, requirements. I, I like the way the NBA is uh, looking to shift things uh, as far as like the norms that we expect. But really, it should future. be the thirty. I guess the rosters are thirteen guys, right? In the All Star yeah, game, yeah. So it should yeah. be the best twenty six players in the league, not the best thirteen from each conference. Yeah, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Okay, at a 
six for me, I had Joel Embiid. Um, at number five, I had LeBron I had James. James Harden. Mm. Wow. Had different James. We, we're on different James waves. Well, at uh, four, I had LeBron. Yeah. I mean, LeBron can definitely be the best player in the league on any given night. And I love that he's averaging above 10 assists. Like, that's fucking cool as shit. I, I yeah, think I made a prediction that that would happen. This is the first year he's doing it. Yeah. It's like he's I always been doing do that in while. spirit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like we see the 27-7-7 the and we're like, that's like a, that's like a triple-double. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, LeBron at five for me. Uh, I wouldn't put him any higher than this at the time just because of the way that he fucking walks and doesn't try on defense during the regular season. But come playoff time, oh, you know, that changes. And so whatever. Yes. What's that? Uh, I just... Hot Ones is going to have Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp on on oh. Thursday. Damn, that would the only way that could be better is if they had a fucking Stephen A instead of Shannon had a first take reunion. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I love uh, Hot Ones and those two are entertaining even though I don't watch their fucking show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, uh, I want to get see Shannon Sharp fucking die to some hot wings. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's gonna be animated as fuck. Yeah, um, but at four I had LeBron. I think I still stick by that because the three players I have above him, I've mm-hmm. had above him the whole year. Yeah, year, I had Anthony I Davis above LeBron at four. Uh, I figured Bron would bring the best out of Anthony Davis, and because he's an elite defensive player as well as an elite offensive player, he is thus better than LeBron, who does not play defense during the regular season. Well, um, he has been this year, at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, number three for me is going to be Kawhi. Stephen William H. Curry. I don't think those that's his middle name. It's Wardell. <laughs> <laughs> William. <laughs> Steve Bill Curry. I said William William H. Like he's a fucking president. <laughs> Harry S. Truman Stephane Curry. William H. Curry. <laughs> Grover Cleveland Curry. <laughs> Grover um, Cleveland. That fat fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, I I choose Kawhi at number three because I figured, you know, him I know and you have Paul Steph George. Yeah, I know you know. I, I'm sure some people at home know for sure. Uh, I, I, I don't want to talk about Steph a, better until we get there. So <laughs> this is going to be the fourth one fifth. that we agree on. We got we got a starting lineup of people fifth. we agree on. We got <laughs> yeah, because I because I got Giannis at two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, content. I want to figure out who it is. It was Chris Middleton at 35. That was the first one. We had and Damian Lillard. I know that. Yeah, and then we had Dame. So we have Chris Middleton, Dame, Giannis. That's that's three. We had Jokic at seven. It's yeah. four. And then... Fuck. What was the other one? one? Yeah, we had another one. It was oh, there. we had CJ McCollum. CJ at 26. Dude, that's a good-ass lineup. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's um, made up of five top 100 players, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> top 35 players. Um, yeah, I would say that Giannis at number two is perfectly fair. Um, he's going to be number I, one for sure. The thing eventually. is, though, I, for most of this season, the season before this like top 100 list came out, was saying that Giannis is the best in the NBA. But the playoffs, because I'd pretty much had Giannis and Kawhi right next to each other. The playoffs made me put Kawhi over Giannis. Yeah. 
And see, with mine being Kawhi predictive in nature, I figured Giannis would take another step and surpass Kawhi. But I would have had Kawhi over Giannis if I was doing it the same method as you as well. Yeah, I might have had Kawhi as the best player in the league if I was doing the same method as you. Well, I'd felt for a while that Kawhi gets slept on a bit. Like, obviously, people acknowledge him as a superstar, but I'm like, I don't think you guys really know just how fucking good this guy is. And for a while, I have been of the opinion that Kawhi is pretty much on the same level of Kevin Durant, and people pretty much think that's crazy. But when Durant was like killing it for the Warriors I was like I think Kawhi is just as good as this as this dude he's not as natural of an offensive player but at the end of the day if he's still getting 28 points on 50% shooting who really gives a shit who's more natural with it and then Kawhi defensively is ridiculous yeah and what does so, natural even mean you know like that's just it's just like a fluffy word that doesn't actually say anything nature it's true but it's yeah. not a big deal. It's like, I get the sentiment, the but at the same time, the the you're day, also not exactly saying anything. <laughs> if you get the same production at the end of the day, who really fucking cares? Exactly. <laughs> and it, when, if it's exactly the same at the end of the day, then it's all natural to me. I don't give a fuck. Um, but my, my number one is <laughs> well, Stephen you know, Curry. They mean like, uh, it looks more fluid and less forced and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like there, there's, there's something being probably, communicated there, but it's just not explicitly Durant clear. Durant is an all-time he makes this shit look so easy player. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. But, I mean, fuck, Kawhi. Kawhi, during the playoffs this past year, with his infamous playoff run, had lots well, this, of people saying robotic. that... Yeah, I mean... Let's <laughs> be a fucking but, robot. But he looks like a, a robot that was programmed to play like Michael Jordan. That's the thing. Like, elite defense, yeah, it look, it's like elite shooting from everywhere on the floor. we designed a robot to get fucking buckets, that's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then just play lockdown man-to-man defense. I, th- I think yeah. there was a quote one time. It just, like, showed how genuinely, uh, like, incredible Kawhi is on defense because he doesn't even understand how it's possible to be bad on defense <laughs> because he's not a good help defender, right? He's the arguably the greatest one-on-one defender maybe ever, uh, but he's not a good help defender. Yeah. And that's because he doesn't understand why his teammates need help. <laughs> like, I think yeah, there I've was a coach. Before. Yeah, I've heard that like, before. I think he that said coach that. was like, hey, man, you need to get back and help. He's like, why can't they just stop them? <laughs> He's like, it's so easy. I'm not even fucking trying out here and I'm destroying this guy. What do you mean, help? <laughs> I'm not programmed to understand this word. Help. <laughs> I, I need to download a software update to comprehend this information. <laughs> please install new firmware now. He just opens his neck up. Or, as a please install USB new port. hardware and reboot for the help defense update. <laughs> <laughs> Restart now. <laughs> just the, the windows fucking noise. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I said Steph would be I'd the best player in the league, like... but he got fucking hurt, so I got no chance to be proven right about that. I had some disingenuous asshole to me try to say that his shortcomings and like his four games played this season prove that he sucks and that he's a dude, fraud and relies amount? on clay. Oh God, and I'm like, dude, idiot. are you fu- like? I don't believe you. I think you're lying to me, and here is why. And then he just didn't really provide a legit defense for himself. I'm Dude, like, all right, like, I think you're being a troll, so fuck you. Does, Goodbye. I don't know that there is any player in NBA history that seems to need to do more to prove these fuckers right. Like, yeah, it's because he's Curry fucking short. Has had, 
Light Steph scan. Curry has had three of the greatest non-finals MVP performances ever. As a matter of fact, he's probably like three of the five. Kobe has one of them. Like he played at a finals MVP level, but one year he got fucking screwed because Andre Iguodala stepped up the most. Who gives a fuck if Steph Curry was still the better player? And then the yes. other two years, he had Kevin goddamn Durant, who averaged 35 points on 50-40-90, and then the next year averaged 28-7-7 on 50-40-90. Like, what is he supposed to do? He played amazing. And in the second MVP year, their second uh, championship year with Durant there is a debate that Seth Curry probably could have won that finals MVP if he had played just a little bit better in one game like that finals MVP argument is so fucking stupid Steph better Steph better (laughs) yeah you're right (laughs) you're absolutely right and I I wish that we had the chance to see Steph do it all alone this year and see what he could do against a box and one for 82 games. Oh yeah. Did, yeah. did we, we didn't even mention he's the only NBA player in like the past fucking 20 years to have a box and one thrown at him in the postseason. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, I don't really know what that means, but I know it's a defensive strategy. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like four guys stand on the corners of the paint. And then one guy plays like man to man on the perimeter on, on the, on mm. the one guy. It's like that five players are playing defense on one guy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, so uh that that has been our top one hundred compared. Uh who got it more wrong? Probably me, because of the nature of it all. Has <laughs> a lot more room for you error. Hassan Whiteside <laughs> as a top sixty NBA yeah, that's, player. That's, it's my mm-hmm. automatic yeah. L. Automatic yeah, that, L. Yeah, that's like a negative hundred. I could have said that Lou Williams zero. was the second best player in the league and your list would have been worse for that. Yep. I mean like honestly. There's a stronger argument for Lou Williams being the second best player in the league than there is for Hassan Whiteside <laughs> being a top 100 player. Like, and it's a well, much, maybe much, top, maybe not much top, stronger maybe, argument. Maybe not top 100, but definitely not top 60. All right, I'm going to make this devil's advocate ass argument right now. All right, so let's say we, we value Steph's ability to shoot and light up an offense as a small person as the most valuable mm-hmm. skill in basketball. Who is the next most electrifying tiny guy Probably Lou, well, maybe was, Kemba. It but, was Isaiah, but yeah. But I mean, but but I, I mean, if I you, mean, it's probably Kemba. Lou yeah, Williams it's, it's is definitely not Kemba because he's actually super tiny too. But if you forget uh, yeah, that Kemba I'm, is a player, <laughs> any player that's shorter than me, I'm amazed that they're as good as they are. Yeah, man. JJ Barea I'm taller is than a, Kemba Walker. Yeah. I just, <laughs> But, like, Steph Curry is 6'3". That's when you're getting into the realm of, like, all right, you're, like, about average height for a point guard. Right. It's like, you are an acceptable NBA height. (laughs) You're a point guard. 6'3 is pretty much... 6'3, like, 6'2 is, like, the minimal acceptable height where you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Once you get into 6'1", like, uh, Kemba Walker is, that's when you're like, dude, how the fuck are you doing this? Yeah, that's where it becomes a look like... Do we even think this guy is over six feet? <laughs> like I was yeah. convinced for the longest Fred time that Kemba Walker was five eleven, but he's like a solid six feet. Oh yeah, Fred Van Vliet's fucking five eleven max. Yeah, and what's weird is he's he's not had the defensive issues that guys his height typically do. Right, he's actually an excellent defender. He he did really well yeah. on Curry in the finals. Like, it's I don't a, know. Is a there small any sample size. defender under six foot who's like a really good defender? 
throughout history. I mean, Muggsy Bogues was pretty much elite, but that was also like sort of a product of like the hand check era. So. so he wasn't a great defender. I feel like that's what he was most known for. Like, I'm not a NBA historian. I'm, I'm not sure going to fucking front like I'm hella, like I'm super literate. I'm pretty sure it was his playmaking. Muggsy Bogues. Oh, yeah, and also Shit, the ability to dunk. <laughs> There's that. Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> fucking short. Mm-hmm. Motherfucking five foot three. All right, let's just see his steals. Yeah, that's yeah, an NBA player steal shorter than your tiny career. ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking... Well, a steal and a half isn't crazy for a point guard. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's not like standout. Yeah. Whatever. It wasn't cool to see him get, like, fucking 10 rebounds a game. Just like, oh, wow, right, I never knew shit's... Muggsy Bones was a rebounding <laughs> 5'3 point guard. <laughs> I'm going to make that archetype right, on an old 2K. This shit's over two and a half hours long. We should probably wrap it mm-hmm. up. Yeah, let's let's wrap it up. Thank you for listening. Uh, follow Rusty Buckets, uh, 321 on Twitter. Wrap it Subscribe up, to him on fucking uh, SDDs. Um, don't be silly. Wrap your willy. Thank you, and good night. <laughs> No, no drugs, hugs. Or, no, no drugs are that. good. Smoke weed. Drugs are good um, for the most part. <laughs> Including heroin. Be responsible. Heroin was legal less than 100 years ago and is now legal and in the meth. format of opioids. Yeah, but also smallpox was common, so it's not everything and racism, like segregation and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and like segregation and stuff yeah it's bullshit or should, should i have stopped recording <laughs>